I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. You're listening to Achtung Law, broadcasting from the beautiful South Berlin. Set no Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to a post-Coventry City edition of Achtung Millwall. Joining me as a witness to events last night, one of the best performances of the season, in my opinion, but he was there. It's Mr. Mike Hayden. How are you doing, Mike? Hello, Nick. Yeah, very good. Very good. Yeah, still still very happy following last night's win. Absolutely. 1-0 win for the Lions up there at, um, it's not called the Rico Arena anymore, is it? It's called Coventry Building Society. Building Society. Much more mundane name than Rico. But I, I was just saying off air, and I'm going to start the show with this wonderful tweet by Luke Stella. A big thank you to Luke for, um, for for posting this. But he says, Mike, have that EFL, you slags. I thought that just sums it all up, mate, doesn't it? That's, that's Millwall in a nutshell with the Football League of slags. But we won. We beat them anyway. Wonderful yeah. stuff. In the face How of adversity. <laughs> How was it for inside the stadium? I thought it was a great performance. How did you see it last night, mate? Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it was a it was a funny performance because it was a typical Millwall away performance. Um, well, with rec- not recently, I wouldn't have said. I mean, you know, Peterborough was obviously a shambles, but um, you know, prior to that, we got used to these quite mundane rowit away performances where we were really solid at the back. It was certainly one of our best defensive performances of the season, if not the best. Um, a rare clean sheet, Nick, this season, which yeah. hasn't happened yeah. a lot. Um, you know, that was excellent. And, you know, we took our chance when it came. Um, you know, Coventry are a good side going forward. They've scored a lot of goals this season. So for us to keep them out, um, even with Alex Pierce in the side, um, was extremely positive. Um, and I've got to say, Pierce, I thought, was excellent yesterday. And I never thought I would say that ever again on the show no I agree he he brought you know he brought a lot of leadership you know he was digging players out on the pitch um probably not something you could see on tv but you know I think Billy Mitchell lost his man once and Pierce went absolutely mad at him and you don't see that very often with this side so I think Pierce brought that leadership and um I think he played a part in why we won that game for sure Absolutely, and I'd agree with that. Um, big welcome, also. He just joined the. He just joined the call, star of Radio Five. In fact, I, I was speaking to one of my relations the other day, Aaron, and I said, "I know, you know Aaron talking about Aaron Paul. He said, oh, he's the bloke off of the radio and off the telly." And it's like a little reflected glow of stardom came my way as a consequence. So, big welcome, to Aaron Paul, star of the telly. How are you, mate? You're on mute, mate. You're on mute. Can't hear. You. <laughs> 
<laughs> Star of the radio with no voice. And TV. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hear me now? Yeah. Yeah, there yeah. we are. I just had to turn the setting where I wanted to. So, yeah, good. big welcome to um, TV's and Radio 5 Lives. Aaron, Paul, how are you doing, mate? Knackered. How about you? <laughs> <laughs> what a win last night. Um, I mean... Mike, Mike. I mean, I think you, you summed it up with that tweet that you put out there, mate, about it wasn't pretty at times, and it wasn't pretty, but it was very, very effective. I mean, I, I seriously think it was one of the performances of the season. It's been a very strange couple of games, isn't it? I mean, we, we've lurched from that very fine win at home to Birmingham to an appalling shambles at Peterborough, now 18 days on, thanks to, to, to uh, COVID. Um Again, another in a different way, another performance of the season. It's I know we have a reputation for being inconsistent, but that's it's getting ridiculous with those kinds of merges, Mike, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, I think what we showed last night was in the face of adversity that the character of the players came through and the the character of this side has been questioned this season at times. Certainly yeah. we did at Peterborough. Yeah. But I thought last night the fact that, you know, most well, I don't think we trained in ten days. Um some players had literally just come out of a uh, isolation period I think on the same day of this game you know so to perform um, that well and you know we did look rusty there were misplaced passes there was miscontrol of the ball but um, the important bits of the game i.e the defensive resilience and taking the chance when it when it came we did extremely well um, against a very good side Um, so it was it was a performance to be proud of. I think last night it really was in that face of adversity. I was quite surprised how strong the starting eleven was because, you know, we're in, in after the the um, refusal of the EFL to allow a postponement for for Mill. I think we we were the ones seeking the postponement. I was kind of expecting the coach driver to turn out in in the, in yeah. the starting <laughs> eleven, but it wasn't quite as bad a starting eleven as as we all feared. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, Pierce in, in, in defence probably would have been the only element in that side where you might have raised your eyebrows and obviously no Jed Wallace. But um, otherwise, it wasn't a bad starting eleven. I mean, I, I thought defensively, defensively, we were very, very solid. And I think that is thanks to to um, to Pierce because he, he is a much maligned character, isn't he? I mean, he's one everyone's... Um, favourite um, figure of fun at the day, other than maybe Bob Varson, but Alex Pierce doesn't uh, doesn't come far behind. But he really did a job last night. And I think that is, as you say, Mike, I mean, that is what we've been been missing in many respects. Um, yeah. I mean, Aaron, I mean, the EFL have come out of this, um, I don't know how, how to put it, but I mean, they, they were quite difficult about the Lions' request. I mean, I know they won't want to be postponing too many games with the you know decimation of the fixture programme, but... Um, given that we were playing 15-year-olds, we'll come back to, to um, Zach Lovelace later, but it, it does make a bit of a mockery of the competition when you've got teams really, really down to the bare bones in that way. I, there I feel. are opinions and theories flying around everywhere. You know, I've, I've heard people talking about a club in the Championship who are simply just trying to get to January and are talking about COVID. Now, from, from what I understand... This may not be factually, factually, factually a thousand percent correct. From what I understand, a player's COVID status is personal information and yeah. it doesn't have to be disclosed to like governing bodies. And so effectively it can be fabricated. So when a club, and I'm not saying Millwall's done this because I don't think they'd want to do it, mm. um, 
but there are certain clubs who people believe may be using this to an advantage to get a break, to get some injured bodies back and to get to a point in January where you can register players and you can sign new players and you don't lose points effectively. This is, if you think about it, it's another form of competitive advantage, isn't it? You're about to, you know, you're about to go through a really intense winter fixture programme. Instead of that, let's play two out of six games, stick the rest on some midweeks throughout the season, sign some new bodies and try and, you know, pick some... Try and relaunch. Yeah. We can't have done that though, can we? Because surely we wouldn't have gone ahead last night. You know, we would have found a way that... Not at all. I spoke spoke to Gary Rowe and he said, we had 13 players. We had Mm. 13 players. He said, we managed to get 14 together and we said, let's do it. Like, Mm. let's just get on with it. He goes, we got, we had uh, George Savile, Billy Mitchell's the only mid, sort of midfielders, if you like. George Savile was the only out and out and out midfielder there. Um, Scott Malone had to come on and play midfield. You know, that it was a real tough ask, but they managed to go and do it and they've they've shown it can be done. There's frustration from a lot of elements of people. A, lo- a lot of clubs are, are furious at the way this is being handled in terms of so quickly, you know, club, clubs can shut a game down an hour before, yeah, an hour before, yeah. hours before. Um, and people are making a bit of a mockery of, of this whole situation and using it again, using it for competitive advantage. Yeah, yeah. I mean, was it Hull City cancelled, um, was it Blackburn, with uh, short notice? I mean, it was a couple of hours with a notice, which... Um, you know, this, this kind of um, empty phrases about football's nothing without the fans seems to go out the window when, as you say, when competitive advantage um, is needed. And that, that seems to be, um, you know, fans are highly dispensable in that situation. But no, I mean, fair play to the, the travelling support last night. 1,000 odd, I think 805 tickets. And then there was some play yeah. on the day last night. So a thousand fans up there, Mike, and I, I, I mean, I watched it on, on stream and they came over really loudly. It was, it was a good travelling Millwall support last night and I, I mean, yourself included here, mate. Um, hats off to everyone that made it up there last night. It was certainly um, audible listening on, uh, watching on, on stream. Yeah. So, so well done everyone. Yeah, credits are, I think, Millwall as well because I just don't think we would ever do what Hull City did. Let's say I think the the club actually cares a lot more about its fans than than that for sure because I think it was well, the day before yesterday it was confirmed the game was going ahead so we all knew that we would be able to kind of go up there. There was also a request to do pay on the day because obviously the ticket office was closed for a period over the festive yeah. break so the club had clearly contacted Coventry to allow that to happen and allow another, you say, yeah, 200 fans to buy tickets on the day. So, yeah, I've got to give a lot of credit to Millwall how they handled this this situation, this away day, and it was a success on the pitch as well, so it was good. Yeah, no, well, well done, well done, Millwall, and, and well done, Coventry, for agreeing to it, because they, they don't have to agree to that. So um, it certainly boosted, boosted our support last night, and it was, as I said earlier on, it was very, very audible. I mean, it was a real fighting performance. I mean, I was looking through my notes. It's strange. In in game, when you're watching it, you're kind of on the edge of your seat the whole time. But actually, we were defensively sound. And there was only a few chances for Coventry. Opportunities, I define that quite loosely. And they were mostly in the first half. Otherwise, that defensive unit of Pierce, Cooper, Hutch, Murray, Wallace and Danny Mack um, with the midfield kept them at bay. And, that, you know, they, they, they may have had a lot of... Um, possession at times, but they didn't do anything with it. And I think that was that was a real tribute to a, to the fighting spirit that, I think, mean, Gary Rowett 
um, I, I mean, mentioned on, on Aaron's show, you know. The, the only problem with that back five is it doesn't offer you much going forward. But in this no. instance, didn't really need anything going forward. It was a case of batting down the hatches. You know, you know, you know that scene in um, The Wolf of Wall Street when he's like, where, where are they going? We're going to Europe or something like that. I think the, 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 the captain, the boat's like, yeah, we'll batten down the hatches. We'll slip around. <laughs> There's a bit of chop, bit of chop. And that is what was needed effectively and and in that back five you had plenty plenty in there to to keep yeah. things right and they, they did it I, I i'll be honest i've never understood the hate pierce gets i just think he's an experienced center half yes he's getting on but soul bamba's 38 and he's still playing football and mm. you know you look at derby's back to a combined age or something like 80 or 85 ages yeah, I, I know he gets a lot of stick but yeah I don't think it's, yeah, it's not necessarily an age thing. I think, you know, when Pierce did play quite a lot last season, you could see that he was really struggling uh, and he met, and he had plenty of chances and made quite a lot of mistakes. But I thought last night, you know, he did the simple things very well and brought an element of calmness to the back back line. Yeah, um, leadership was, yeah, yeah. yeah, he did, which is, you know, something leadership has been missing in this side. Yeah, um, yeah. So, Something that was slightly frustrating in the first half is that, we, we were trying to play it out from the back, which isn't always a bad thing, but you've got three players there who are basically head it and lump it centre-backs, Pierce, Cooper, Hutchinson. So we were, I mean, you know, I wet myself a few times at some of the passes coming out from the back because I just thought, oh, fucking hell. <laughs> you know, when it's just safer, just lump it. You know, you've got Pierce trying to play a through ball in his own half. Uh, and stuff like that, but um, you know, it, yeah. In the end, it, you know, it was it was fine, I, I suppose. But they're not; they're still adapting to that role. I think of trying to play it out from the back more, um, the, and whether they can do it, we'll see. It's the modern way. I was really, I mean, just going off topic slightly. When Harry and I went to Dagenham Redbridge versus Aldershot um, a couple of days ago, and I was really struck by the fact that these two national league sides—no disrespect to either side—but this is national league football and national league footballers both trying to be kind of miniature versions of Pep. You know, they're trying to play it out from the back. And, and you know, I said to Harry, I mean, it'd give me a nervous breakdown if I were a manager. And to some extent, we saw it a little bit last night where players with um, more more kind of traditional skills are trying to play the ball around in front of their own goal and, and retain it's, possession. It's, it's, it's a nightmare. Fashionable. It's fashionable. It's in vogue, isn't it? I mean, it seems like it's sacrilege now to go route one and it's embarrassing if you go and play route one football. Mate, it's effective football. It is effective football. Just you play to win. Forget sort of insisting you play out from the back. At the end of the day, if you you put sort of round pegs in square holes, you're going to get bad results, you know. And that's what a lot of managers do. They try and force this style of insisting we have to play out from the back and we have to do this and we have to do that. When in reality, their players aren't capable of doing that. You saw it at Man United under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. The players aren't capable of playing out the back, but they insist on it because it's in vogue and it's what the latest trend is, the latest must-have trend is. When in reality, going down the channels, pumping it down the channels, going long, changing things up, drop... Whatever happened to drop kicking? Drop kicking... Well, there, there, was a, there was a loop the other day on Twitter. It was that precise point, actually, Aaron. I mean, it, someone had put together a stream of... um A loop stream of... 70s goalkeepers kicking it out, you know, traditional up and under style. Well, that's gone out of the games. Everyone's now trying to 
throw it to the to the to the to the flanks and, I mean, and don't, retain don't possession. Forget, Ten years ago, it was the sideways drop kick. Do you remember, Mike? The side <laughs> drop kick, which was direct, a bit lower, direct, and it was powerful. It was like mm. a rocket through the air. That was in vogue. That was in fashion because it got you up the pitch quick. And if you had two runners, you can you can sort of you know get in behind quite quickly. But what happened to a keeper being able to throw it to the halfway line? It's a dying yeah, yeah, it's gone out of the green. Mm-hmm. I think on the hour mark last night, I was calling for Matt Smith, um, to be honest, because you could see, I mean, so I was the one, I think most of the Millwall crowd were because we'd not created many chances, but we could see that, you know, we were knackered. And when you're knackered, obviously, because of this situation, bring on the big man, pump it forward, try and get Bradshaw on a flick on, or Ojo gets in behind or something like that. And um, you've got a chance. So I was actually a bit surprised when he brought a phobia and I thought it was a game for Matt Smith, but I was wrong. So we won. So well, I, that's, that's, I suppose that's why Rowett is in charge, Mike, and we merely comment yeah. on it from, from, from the sidelines. <laughs> from mate, afar, yeah, yeah. From afar. I mean, midfield, I thought Savile and Mitchell both did... did there were decent performances last night from both. Neither really caught my eye, but I, the players that did catch my eye were the front, the front players. Now, uh, Tom Bradshaw and Mason Bennett both put in very, very hard-working performances. Bradshaw Sorry, was really good. I think I think you should just call him top scorer Tom Bradshaw. Top scorer Tom Bradshaw. He's got he's got playing for you. Playing for a new contract, Tom Bradshaw. TSTB, we're going to move a short it. Top scorer, Tom Bradshaw. Um, really, really impressed with. I mean, obviously, to get the goal was was um, was was just a rule, but both put in really industrious performances. And um, I'm going to come back to Ojo in a moment because I, I, I'm, I'm not sure what I make of, of of Shea Ojo. But but for Millwall values, Mike Mason Bennett and Tom Bradshaw are the epitome. They don't stop running. Neither of them. Yeah, yeah. What I like about Bennett as well is that he's he although he's small, he's actually very strong and he can hold off players and, and he, he's just a middle player, Bennett. I, I think he's fantastic. And and Bradshaw, yeah, this goal scoring run. Uh, do you remember I think it was maybe the season after he signed, he went on a little goal scoring run of eight goals yeah. in eight games or something. And it reminds me a bit of that, but he's really got used to how we're playing. And and I understand we are negotiating a new contract with him at the moment. So um, um, apparently his family are settled in South London. I, I can see him staying. So yeah, I think uh, that's what I, 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 I Yeah, um, I'd, I'd back that entirely. I mean, yeah. even when he was going through his tough times and he went for a long mm dry spell he never gave up he never and also when he no. did get the chance he he didn't hide he didn't shirk he wasn't missing in action you know that kind of player and and that's that's like Bud Varson <laughs> like Bud Varson basically yeah complete opposite I mean, but yeah they were ex of them um yeah very good performances I mean Bud Varson's a good a good one to mention I mean I, I with all of the talk um Aaron prior to the game I kind of expect to see Bud Varson playing the fact in he goal. wasn't even yeah. <laughs> So, wasn't even anywhere. I mean, maybe he's positive. Maybe I don't know. I, we, as, as you, as we I mean, said earlier on, it's, it's personal info. But um, not to be even in anywhere near this. I, I don't know. It, ben I mean, Thompson as well, Nick. I mean, ben I, I expected Thompson to be in the squad. Yeah, Scalac, providing Scalac on a, a short term seven day contract. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, direct from Prague. Lurch up top. <laughs> Let's talk about Shea Ojo, Aaron. I mean, he's he's a player that's been around the houses. I mean, he's obviously got the Liverpool um, stamp 
on on him and he's, he's you know he's 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 played at, I think it was at Cardiff he's has he been elsewhere other than us he's been um, he's been to a lot of places he loves alone and I don't know what I make of him because listening to the the commentary last night um they were praising him and I, I think he's clearly got the ingredients um to be to be playing um and I can see how a Liverpool might have wanted to to take him on and see him being polished but there's something not quite there for me, but um, he, he seems to be um, he, he, he seems to be getting plaudits from from what I might call the club the club side of things. If you want, um, I, I I'm re- very unconvinced by him. Um, he's one of those at players 20, that I... at, at 24, Nick. Surely, as a winger, you'd think yeah, you'd want to find a settled club by now. But he keeps bouncing around on these loans. I mean, I remember watching him at Fulham four or five years ago. He was decent. He wasn't anything to write home about. He was decent. He did a job. But again, same problems. Lightweight, not consistent, doesn't find the back of the net enough. No. What have you got? You've got mm. a roadrunner then. You've actually got yeah. a roadrunner. And, and <laughs> sometimes the end product isn't good enough. No. In fact, more no. often than not, the end product isn't good enough. And well, too, too much. Too, too. I mean, he had a shot. I'm just looking through my notes. Um, shot and six was high and wide. But Mike, I mean, a couple of corners that were poor. Um, I'll, I'll put money on this, Nick. I'll put money on it. He will end up becoming a fullback. He'll end up becoming a fullback. He's got the ingredient. He- well, the thing is, he, he he bottled two challenges yesterday. And let me put it lightly, it didn't go down well in the away end. <laughs> it, it did not go down well. Um, you know, he pulled out two. But you just can't do that at Millwall. You've got to put your foot in no, wherever you, you are on the pitch, even if you're a winger. You know what I mean? And and you're, I think you're spot on with him. He is very inconsistent. There's little bits where he's, you know some nice skills, some okay crossing, but then you know he'll then take a free kick that doesn't beat the first man or whatever. And yeah, he he just looks like well a player that hasn't found a home. He's exactly that. And um, yeah, I don't. Th- I don't know. We haven't seen a lot of him either, though. You know, for someone coming in on loan at Liverpool, he's only played a handful of games, not really been able to get in the side. So, you know, I, I think, I don't know, but is he, to your point as well, Aaron, at 24, you know, can he develop much more? Well, maybe he can, but you'd expect him to be a bit more developed than he is, perhaps. I can't, I can't see him challenging the likes of Mo Salah and Sadio no. Martin. I don't know about no. Um, no, he's, he's nowhere near. He's nowhere near that. Um, but what I think what I find frustrating with him, and I'm thinking back to when Jed first came to us, you know, he, Jed has really, really developed over his time with us. You can see a, a level of improvement. I mean, um, didn't see much of him when he was at uh, Wolves and Portsmouth, but he's been with us for some time now. And gradually over that time, each each game, Jed becomes more and more the Jed that we see now. And, and and he's a game influencer. He's somebody that takes a game and changes it with his with his will, his his his, his force of um, skill and personality almost. And Ojo should be that in that role, shouldn't he? He should be the man that you 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 cannot take your eyes off. He's the player that should be changing the game, and you just it just fades. And I I, I don't see I, I don't see that essential X factor in him. I'm sure he's. Mm. I'm sure he's got skill. He could run rings around me, but that's not the measure. It's it, it's it's that ability to change a game, and that's not what's there. Yeah, well, I mean, with him as well, I think he was kind of playing in that number ten role, which he, he is a winger. He's just he's just the the most stereotypical left or right winger. But to have him sort of floating around, I always think, especially with someone 
who you know isn't a Premier League quality player, it's very difficult to really influence the game. And I think mm. we saw that from Ojo at times, just sort of floating around, kind of in and out a bit. And um, I think he'd be much better if you just gave him some strict instructions. You're on the left wing, run down that line, get some crosses in the box, and he might do a better job. But he, I think, maybe asked to do a bit too much yesterday. Achtung, Mailball. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. And the goal when it came was... Um... Well, it certainly brought a yelp of delight from this 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 house here. Um, really nicely finished. Um, it was a nod down, wasn't it? It was a, um, a, a cross from the right. And I think it was Jake, I think, knocked it down. And, yeah. and Bradshaw finished it from close. A really, really nice finish. and A real goal poachers yeah. finish. Yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, again, not scored as too many goals from set plays this season, which, again, is a kind of not, not a Millwall trait. So to see that goal from a set play was positive. I thought Pierce's floated crossover was superb because it was right on Cooper's head. And he sort of headed That's it. Right, and I think yeah. he might have come yeah. off the back of a Yeah, it was Pierce that took it. Yeah, yeah, yeah Pierce. Yeah. Um, sort of floated it in and um, yeah, yeah Bradshaw yeah. yeah he's confident at the moment um, the best well that they were the best form he's showing and he was in the right place right time and, and stayed on side as well which was very important um, and yeah it was quite an easy finish but he's yeah he's lethal in that in that kind of six yard box for sure um, and you know something that perhaps he didn't do during his kind of barren spell was he, he needed sort of three or four chances to score um, but now yeah. you know he's getting one chance, one goal. And and in this Millwall side, especially away from home, you just got to take that chance when you get it. And, and we did last night. That's why we won the game. Otherwise, it probably would have been nil-nil. I'm really enthused by this future, this transfer window coming up. I know, I know we, we've got to learn and we've got to learn from last transfer window that you can't really pin any hopes on Millwall. But who knows? They might pull something out of the bag. They're only three points off the playoffs. Just want to see him just do something, you know. And I was just going to make the same point, Aaron. I mean, you know, that win last night, despite the the rockiness of that um, awful showing up there at, uh, at, at London Road, Peterborough, 
we're still three points off of six spot, Mike. I mean, it's you know, it's it's a it's a, an incredibly strange division, isn't it? This season, I know there are clubs in front of us, and I think Stoke have got um, a game less than us, and Forest have played two more now with the disruption of COVID. But if you just look at the points, I mean, three three points is no great margin at all at this stage of the you know halfway point of the season. Mm. It's it's wide open still. It's it, what what yeah. a strange strange division. What a strange season. A lot of people are saying that it's it's a poor division. I find it really exciting, personally. It's great. It, it is. Some of the quality's not always been the best, but, you know, it's championship football. It's not top flight. But I think the problem that we've had all season, and Rowett said it again in his post-match um, kind of interview with the club, you know, we, we, we're we not following up wins. Um, you know, Once you win one, you've yeah. got to go and then yeah. win another one. And and that's the reason we we just haven't been able to sneak in the top six because then we've put in either re- a really poor showing or not won the next game. So, you know, it's just about putting that kind of string of wins together. Um, you know, Bristol City are a very average side on, on Sunday. Uh, we've got them. Obviously, it's a short amount of time to turn it around. Who knows who's going to be fit for that as well. So that could be challenging. But, you know, it's a team that aren't a very good side, in my opinion. I think hopefully we can carry on and, and win again and follow it up. But to your point about transfer business, Aaron, as well, um, you know, I think Rowett does want to do business in January. Um, I think it's clear Thompson and Bill Varson have been completely frozen out. So hopefully they will move on and free up some wages. But also, will Jed Wallace move on in January? Because um, I'm hearing rumours he, he might well do, so we can at least get a little bit of money for him. Um, sure, it's the other thing. I, I've got a, uh, oh, no. It's an opinion. I've got a feeling. I think he he may move. Do you feel it in your waters? Do you feel it in your waters? Yeah, uh, yeah it's under, and under no evidence. No. <laughs> this show's not about evidence. Pure rumour, and often, and often, <laughs> yeah. often. And in some cases, pure spite for no no rational reason, but not not today's show, but other shows. Um, I, I I don't know. I mean, you know, as we've we've had the Jed debate before, speaking to Ryan the other the other day, and I think as he put it well, actually, that if Jed does move, on the one hand, it would generate by mill standards a fair sum of money that might enable to you know, enable us to to make signings that might well. Give us a platform to move forwards. On the other hand, it would feel a bit like, as and Ryan put it well, that it would be like a an acceptance of, um, of mid-table respectability for the season. So I, I, I really hope that the departures are Bavarsen for sure. Um, I'm, I don't know that I want to persevere with Ojo. Whether someone else can come in and, and play that kind of creative role in, in Ojo's absence, I'm hoping. I'm hoping we keep Jed and. You know, we, we, I, I, I just get this sense we're not far short of being a decent team with the crucial thing we had last night. And we, we said it right at the start of this conversation, Mike, was on-field leadership, someone that, that balled out players, you know, that, 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 that um, did, the, did the talking, did the shouting. And that's Alex Pierce's forte, isn't it? That's that's where he really comes into his own. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you can talk about, you know, his, his legs at this age against pace and all that kind of stuff. But he's, he's, he's really good at that on-field leadership. And that's what we've been missing. Um, if we can acquire some some of that, then I still think anything's possible for the season. Certainly the numbers in the table are, are there in front of us. You know, There's no reason why we can't press on. 
Um, big. I was interested to see some of Gary Rowett's comments after the game as well, Aaron. I mean, the, the other big story, which we haven't mentioned yet really, is, is the introduction of Zach Lovelace in 90, 90, uh, 90th minute substitution for Tom Bradshaw, top scorer Tom Bradshaw. Um, Will's second youngest ever player, 15, year, 15 years and so many days. Um, Moses Ashi Cody is the is the youngest listeners, but uh, Zach is our second youngest. But some really um, interesting words after after from Rowett about the you know, bringing through the kids from the academy and our, our financial resources not allowing us to sign, as he puts it, top top players. So having to develop ourselves as the alternative, which has always been the Millwall way, it's, it's really was really refreshing, and I think that generated a lot of good vibes in around the support to see Zach coming into the game last night. Do you reckon his mum did him pack lunch? He uh, <laughs> did. You know he was doing his homework on the coach up. That's not even a joke. <laughs> he actually was doing. Something. Really? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's in written in an article. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck. Who, who wrote that in an article? <laughs> I'm not sure. I think it might have been news at Den. It, it was. I, said. I call. I call bullshit because it's the Christmas holidays. <laughs> um, oh yeah, who wrote that? It, it, was it was, was it the, the filmmaker? Sam yeah. Goldwyn said, "If you if, if you don't, don't print the facts, print the story, and that's the story." So that's 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 a great oh man, everyone's everyone's jumping on it, man. Don't worry, everyone, everyone's jumping on it. Now, nah, fair play to him. Fair play to him. It was a, and it's, mean, it, but it's a it's a great great story for the club. I mean, you know, we don't always get the best of publicity, do we? But that was a great um a great story and it, it yeah. does put a little bit of um, a spotlight on the EFL for allowing the fixture to take place. But if we're going to play it, then use it to project the the great work that the Mill Academy does. Yeah, what what it is as well, I think from from bringing Loveless on is it 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 is a statement to the rest of those youth players that there is a path to the first team at Millwall. You know, do you want yeah. to be a Shea Ojo and leave MK Dons at a young age, join Liverpool, you know, and be loaned out to about nine different clubs, not have a home, you know, and not develop as well as you could or could you stay at Millwall? And, and actually get in our team. Um, and so I think as well, it's a big statement to, I think, those players as well. I mean, you know, he obviously didn't have a chance to do a lot in two minutes, but um, it's more of just the fact that we're, we're kind of showing the youth team that, you know, you keep applying yourself well, you, you've got a chance. And, and I think that, yeah, that's, which is, you can't put a price on that. I think it was a really, it was a really clever move from Rowett to do that. Yeah. And I take my head off to, because that's, that's who we are. That's, that's Millwall, yeah. Aaron. That's, that's the club that we are. And well, it was well, great well, to see it last Rowett night. turned around and said he, he just wanted to bring him on. It wasn't even a case of, you know, will we lose the game? What will we do? What will happen? Because again, you know, there's a chance that at 15, you know, the occasion could overawe him somewhat. But, yeah. you know, it was brave from Rowett to say, yeah, I just brought him on just for the sake of it. And if he loses us the game, he loses us the game. But he goes, he went and chased the 40-yard ball to make sure that they didn't, you know, get the ball into the box. And he goes, I know he's going to be a player for us. So, fair play. I want to know who's coming back in January. Do you reckon Isaac Alafa is coming back in January? <sighs> I, we we keep expecting the, the the return of the prodigal son, don't we? And if he's not going to come back in this situation, then when will he come back? Um, or is he going to be settled at Sutton United? Is that going to be Isaac's level? I, I I get every sense that Isaac is a better player. I mean, it's not that's not knocking Sutton United, but you know what I mean. That a team challenging for promotion from the Championship potentially to the Premier League, you know. You'd want to be there if if that's going to be the business end of the season from from Alofo's point of view. 
Um, I haven't seen enough of him to, to really make a player judgment. Have you seen much of him, Mike? I've, I've not seen anything of him. Really. No, I've, no. I've well, well, I've, here and there. Yeah, I've got a friend of mine who goes to, he lives in Sutton. Um, so he goes occasionally and said he's um, a good player. I mean, he, I think he's of that Benic Afobe ilk, essentially quick, strong, going to press. Um, so, you know, that's the recipe for a good Millwall striker. Obviously, he's been playing in League Two. It's a it's a completely different level, the championship. So, who, who knows? Um, another player, I think, which I see as a long-term replacement for Hutchinson um, in the next two years is probably Alex Mitchell, who um, apparently Orient. has been really impressed. Yeah. Yeah, he's been really impressing at Leighton Orient and um, Jacket's been talking very highly of him. So perhaps, you know, if we are struggling for numbers, he he could make a return as well, perhaps this season, who knows. But yeah, we, we shall see, Aaron, I think is the uh, the summary for that. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, just to mention the other two youngsters on the bench last night, give them a shout. That was uh, Boteng and uh, Topoloi, I think they pronounced it last night. If I, apologies to him if that's the wrong pronunciation boating and top topoloj 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 um both it's just great to see them on the bench and some really good words from from gary rarick post-match for the the work of the mill academy um onwards to bristol city on on sunday chaps i mean that's that's actually a big game now isn't it suddenly um with the cup game looming against palace as a bit of a breakout of the routine it'll be it would be great to do what we what you mentioned, Mike, which is follow up a win of another win. Yeah, that, and that's exactly what we need to do. Um, you know, I don't think Bristol City have done particularly well this season. I don't think I think they're a beatable side. Um, we've not got a bad record there. I think we won, didn't we? Win two 0 there last season. Um, really good result. We do, um, do we do okay there, don't we? Yeah, 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 we do. But as I say, it really depends on. You know, obviously the the game on Sunday, you've got all these players come. Are they all going to be knackered because they've not trained for so long? There's such a short turnaround, um, you know. So it's it's going to be, it could be challenging um, after that performance last night. It's going to have to be a quick recovery uh, for Sunday to get to mm. go again. But um, I'm going to be positive, Nick, and I'm going to say one nil with uh, the gold machine scoring, Mister Tom Brown. <laughs> Bold talk, Aaron. <laughs> do you fancy us at Bristol on Sunday? At, Br- at Bristol City, two one nil. Two one nil. They're crap at home and crap in general. So yeah. Well, it's two two wins. I'm gonna. I've got. I've got to be the, the third. Uh, the third win prediction in the row. I think I'll go one nil Millwall. Um, again, yeah. Let's go for another Tom Bradshaw goal. Why not? We, we we're loving every minute of the of Tom Bradshaw's current. His renaissance. I just want to shout out to your 72 plus show as well, Aaron. I was listening to it the other day. Thanks, really, really strong material, mate. As always on BBC Sounds, listeners do give it a tune in. Um, 72 plus is the name of the podcast. With um, star of stage and screen, Aaron Paul. Via the Football um, Daily feed, you can find us. The Barry Fry episode was class, you know. Yes, yeah, someone was praising that earlier on on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, it's very nice of some random young kid who said, you know, you got me listening to EFL stuff, which is great. You know, that's what the aim is. But Barry Fry, the story of him delivering his daughter's baby, I mean, he's delivered three of his grandchildren. Uh, fathered by Craig McHale Smith, the, the former Peterborough striker. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's his son in law. I mean, he's he's just such a character. You listen to his stories, they're so good, so 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 good. And him, Tim, team, team him up with Phil Brown, and you've got a show. So, them two are, were so good for Christmas. <laughs> That's good. Cool. 
it's got to be the dream oh, 72 plus show for you oh sure mate what a, what a show what a show um do a double yeah, a, double, no, a, double episode <laughs> give it a go it's on the football daily five line football daily feed um give it a go give it a listen if you need a bit of a laugh trust me that's that's one for you there we are so we close we close 2021 the strange year of 2021 in many respects dear listeners we close it out with a win because uh, Sunday's game is actually now in 2022. So that ends ends Mill's year of, um, of, of, well, football's year actually of turmoil. We've had it all this season. We're European Super Leagues. We've had COVID breaks. We've had all sorts of stuff. So it's quite nice to put it behind us in many respects. Is hoping that 2022 brings a bit of um, Mill good times. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Big thank you to Mike Hayden for joining the show. Thank you, Mike. Thank you very much, Nick, and yeah, wishing all the listeners a, a very happy new year as well. Absolutely. And, and to Aaron Paul, thank you for joining the show, Aaron. Cheers, Nick. Thank you, everyone. And to you too, dear listeners, for, for listening. So thank you very much. And we'll be back at the weekend post-Bristol City. Fingers crossed. Till then, arrivederci, Mill, and bye for now. Thank you for listening to Aston Mill. If you enjoyed the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a cheeky little review. Have a good day, Mill. Till next time. Who do you want to watch? Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.